as I was thinking about that song this week, I found myself asking the same question about my life. Like, did you know that it was going to be this hard to do life? Did you know it was going to be... I I know there's people out there hurting, probably more hurting more than even me. I had a coworker who lost a mom this week, and it brought back a lot of memories for me, people I've lost. And when we think about, did you know it was going to be this hard to be a parent? And, man, there's times where it is the greatest thing ever. And then it's hard when you see your kids struggling. When something happens to them that you couldn't protect them from, and, man, as a parent, it just rips your heart out that they're walking through something difficult. And over and over it says, Mary, did you know? And someone said to me this week, they said, if I'd have known, if I'd have known back then what I know today, I would have done it differently. And it struck me as I thought about that because what I felt like I needed to ask you is, did you know? Because today, I don't want you to go another day without knowing. Because there's something that you maybe need to know tonight, that maybe you've heard, but you're not sure why it's important. What does it matter? What's the big deal? And what I'm about to say is about the simplest thing that you've heard, that any kid that's ever gone to Sunday school has heard 100,000 times, and it's that God loves you. And I know that's not big and theological, I'm the children's pastor, what are you going to get, right? But it's profound in a way that means a whole lot more when you're going through a hard time. When you feel alone and you feel like no one understands what you're going through, or when you feel like everybody's else, their life just keeps going on and yours is stuck at that rut that you're trying to get over or trying to get out of. I mean, you've been trying so hard, but you keep going back to the same thing. That same behavior keeps coming back and dragging you back in. That same frustration, that guy at work keeps beating you to the promotion. That other mom seems to always have the perfect life. That other kid always gets the A on the exam. Those things that drive us nuts, that make us feel alone because we feel like nothing's going to change. And I'm going to sit here and today and I'm going to tell you that God loves you just how you are. We saw a skit of Adam and Eve here tonight, and I mean, that's where sin started. We weren't the first ones to do it, Adam and Eve were, but we've continued it. And as as they read that poem tonight, just talking about how God has to view the world and and the mess that we've made out of him, out of the world that he made for us, it's got to break his heart so bad. And what does that mean to you where you're at today? It means... We live in a world that's messed up. You don't got to, you turn your phone on, you turn the news on, you walk down the street and see the, the homeless person. You know that our world's got problems. And so what does it mean that God loves me in the middle of this? What do I do with that little piece of information? How does that change my life? Well, I challenge you to look at it this way. We've all been in a situation where maybe we were in a fight. 
Maybe there was something that came between us and someone else. Have you ever been in that situation where, like, you and your best friend, like, get in a fight, and you're just kind of, like, you know you need to make up. You need, somebody's got to say something first to make it less awkward again. But you're both kind of just waiting for someone to say something. All right? Have you kids ever been in that situation? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you husbands and wives. Holly and I have never had a fight, so we're good. But I've heard that other couples fight. Um, I never have that moment where you're like, I know I need to say something, but I am still so mad right now. Well, what I'm going to tell you tonight is that you're in a situation where as humans, we did something and we caused that rift between us and God the same way that you and your friend maybe had a fight, that something happened, that there was a break in that relationship and somebody needed to make the first step and God did. This Christmas thing we sing about, when Jesus came, that was God making that step saying, I'm willing to put myself out there because I want to mend this relationship with you. And I know that was 2,000 years ago. That seems like a long time. But instead of trivializing it, look at it this way. God took the first step 2,000 years before you were born. He knew you were coming and he started preparing that long ago because he wanted to fix that relationship with you. It's an important thing to do because when there's a break, it causes pain. And in true children's pastor fashion, I brought an object lesson. This is going to get me fired, but I brought a knife to church. No, just kidding. I really did bring a knife to church, but hopefully it doesn't get me fired. Um, if, I don't even know if you can see it from out there, but this is my son Ethan's knife. It's a little pocket knife. He was a gift from his aunt and uncle. And it's got his name on it. It's really cool. It's engraved. And it's got a bunch of different blades and gadgets in it. And he got it a year or two ago, something like that. He's seven now. And this isn't something he keeps in his drawer. It's something I keep. And periodically, we will do lessons with it. We will learn how to use the knife. And it is something that we get to do together, and I think we look forward to doing together. I'm going to come back to this in a minute because this week I saw on TV there was a commercial of a mom who was looking forward to Christmas and bought a spa day for two because it was buy one, get one free, and she was so excited, and she gave it to her daughter, and her daughter said, great, I'm going to go take my best friend, and took them both and ran off and did it. And you see the mom sitting there like, what just happened? I was looking forward to a time with my daughter. You know... There was another time I've seen my kids, they like to buy gifts. In fact, Ethan's got on his list matching outfits for him and one of his friends. His Christmas list includes matching outfits. I've seen my daughters buy the little matching necklaces that you can put together, or like says best and friends, and they each have a piece of it. Can you imagine? I mean, the TV commercial, we kind of blow it off like, ah, teenagers, whatever. But put yourself in the kids' shoes. You buy the necklace that says best and friends, and you show up to you what you think is your best friend, and you're like, hey, I got us these. They're like thanks. And they take them both and go hand the half of it to someone else. Can you imagine 
what that would feel like? Or my son coming up and say, hey, look, we got matching shirts. Let's, this is awesome. Thanks. Takes both shirts and gives one to somebody else and puts the other one on. I'm going to tell you that today we stand here guilty of doing the same thing because God has come and said, hey, I want to have a relationship with you. And we said, thanks, God, but I got other plans. My wife told me a, a, a thing this year, this week, she reminded me of a quote that said, you're, when we were talking about all the talents of the people coming up here to do things tonight, it says, your talents are God's gift to you. What you do with them is your gift to God. I was like, well, that's pretty good. And as I was thinking over that, I was like, hey, how can I incorporate that? And what came to my mind? What came to my mind was your life is God's gift to you. How you use it is your gift to God. Like we, we focus on talents as if somebody can stand up here and play a piano or do hula dance or sing or all the other amazing things we saw tonight. We look at those, but my entire life is what God gave to me and says, here's life. Let's do this together. And we said, thanks, God. Bye. I mean, we walk off and we think we know what to do with it. We think we're going we're gonna to make this life great. And we leave him behind, standing there, looking at us, going, I, I meant for us to do that together. This knife. Like our life. It's pretty cool. But if Ethan took this from me and started pulling out the blades, that's a pretty useful little gadget. Could do a lot of good or a lot of bad. My son started playing with this without knowing the implications of what it could do. He could get hurt really bad. Similarly, in our life, which is amazing, God has given us this opportunity, but I can take my life and I can do a lot of things then I could get hurt really bad. I'd venture to guess that everyone in this room here tonight says, I've been hurt really bad. I've taken this life that God gave me to, to use, and I've tried to do what I thought was best. I tried to do something fun. I tried to do something amazing, and it just didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. We maybe have a bunch of little cuts on our hands, maybe even some blood running down from a pretty big gash because of the way we've used our life to do what we thought was best and we really didn't know how to use it. Come back to you again and say, did you know that Jesus is still standing there waiting for us? hoping that we will come back to him, knowing how much he loves us. And just like my son could come back to me if he had taken this knife and opened it up and hurt his hands and was bleeding and came back to me and said, Dad, I messed up. I got hurt. I, I don't know what to do with this thing. And just like as a father, I would sit down with him. I'd help him close up that blade we grab a bandage and we bandage up his hands and we make we clean out the wounds and they would have to start to heal 
you probably have some wounds that aren't going to heal super fast. Sometimes they're going to take a while for it to heal. But God wants to heal those. And he's sitting there like a father, just, just asking you, begging you to come back because he loves you that much. And he's not there to scold us. He's there to heal us. But that's not it. Because life's not done. Maybe, maybe you've come back. Maybe you've sat at the feet of Jesus and said, I'm sorry, I messed this up. And maybe you haven't. If you haven't, tonight is the great opportunity for you to do that. There's nobody here at the body Dayton that is going to come and point a finger at you. Well, except for when we might point fingers at Kelly and Alan. Because, I mean, <laughs> no, just kidding. To figure it, <laughs> he muted my mic. <laughs> nice. We're not going to point fingers at you because, and I, I joke right there in this moment because it's heavy. But tonight's an opportunity for you to come and for healing. If you need that, man, there's a bunch of people here that will pray with you, they will pray over you, and they will be a part of your healing. And that's what we want to do here at the Body Dayton. We hope. That if you don't have someplace else to go, another church to go do that, come here and join us. We will be a part of that for as long as you want to. And maybe you've done that, but you've still got questions about what next. Maybe your hands are covered in bandages and the wounds are starting to heal and you've said, okay, Jesus, thank you. But now what do I do? We still have our life. And like a father who would want to pull this blade back out and show us how to use it right, I hope that someday I will be able to hand this to my son and watch him use it the right way. Because he sat with me and he learned how to open the knife and keep your hand out of the way, how to keep your hand out of the way as you close the knife, how to when you cut, to cut away from your body. All those little things that we learned about how to use a knife the same way God wants to teach us about how to use our lives. God's not saying, I want to control your life. He's like, I want to protect you when you're wielding a knife to know how to use it the right way. There's lots of ways we can get hurt in this world, and he is there to show us how to do it the right way. Here at The Body, Dayton, we want to do life together with you. If you've never... If you've never been at the point where you've just said, I'm done trying on my own, God, tonight's the night for you. And I say that in confidence because I know that in the Bible it says that God wants everyone to come to know him so that none would perish. So I can say with absolute confidence that God is inviting each and every one of you tonight to come and to pray. And if you've never done that, that's pretty simple. I mean, if you break it down to the simplest, it's basically walking back to God and saying, you know what, I messed up. And I need help. And I'm sorry. And I'm willing to listen to what you tell me to do next. God's not asking us to come to him so he can turn us into robots. 
God's asking us to come to him so we can learn how to use our life right. Friend, did you know that in the middle of all the pain and all the grief and all the struggles that life may throw at you, God loves you. God took the first step towards you to fix that relationship. And now he stands there with open arms, inviting you to come. And while I can say that for him because he's spiritual and we can't see him, I stand here with open arms. And this church stands here with open arms. If you are done trying on your own, if you've been messed up, beat up, kicked, thrown down, forgotten, left over, and alone, come. Because today, God wants you to know that you are loved. And there is nothing that he wants more than for you to come to him. And not to take away all that you have, but to give you life to the fullest, his word says. If you've ever thought life was hard, this is the place for you. If you've ever thought, I don't know what I'm going to do next, this is the place for you. Because God's love is so big and so strong that he's willing to do whatever it takes. The Bible tells the story of a prodigal son, of a son who went and did his own thing. And when he came back, when the father saw him walking down the road back towards the father, the father didn't sit in his house and wait and make that son struggle all the way back to the house, but the father ran to him. God's love is so strong that if you start walking to him, he will come running to you. So that is what I challenge you with tonight. That is why we celebrate Christmas, because it was that act of him taking that step, of saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes so that I can have a relationship with you. And that on a Sunday night in December of 2022, I'm going to have my son back. I'm going to have my daughter back. So that's my challenge to you tonight. And I hope you take it. It's not even a challenge. It's an offer. It's a Christmas present to you. Did you know that God loves you? Father God, I thank you for the amazing night we had tonight. Laughing and crying and worshiping and celebrating and just seeing people overcome fear and just do amazing things. But Lord, we come here tonight to celebrate you most of all. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for knowing I messed up and I've made mistakes and I've done things that I think are unforgivable. But you love me anyways. Thank you that my life isn't over because I've messed it up. But my life can begin because I've come to you. So it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for coming to the body Dayton tonight. If there is anything you need, if there's prayers that you have, there's cards in the pew in front of you. You can drop those in the boxes on the side. We can reach out to you if you give us your information. 
or we would love to just pray with you. Come find me after service or one of the other pastors. We would love to talk to you tonight. If that's where you're at, we want to be a part of your healing. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming tonight. Come back Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We would love to have you. We've got small groups starting in January. We would love for you to come hang out at our house and be with us.